No, I'm not the one one, but I'ma fucking turn up until I see the morning sun. Spit that tiger bone, got the henny up. <laughs> Blow the bitches like I'm blowing through some cleanness. No more pussy for bitch niggas, cause y'all fucking up. These bitches fucking on each other, man's enough of this. Real bitches still here, come get this dick, girl. My nut is lip yeah, bomb, girl. So, um, yes, our, our the co-host, he had to work tonight, so it's just it's just me solo today. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me just pick up my notes. I got my notes out too for the Dude. "Where Did All the People Go?" episode. Yeah, I, I've listened to the episode three times now. It's dark as fuck. I, I, <laughs> this stuff it keeps me up at night. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Holy shit! I don't uh, like it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, one of these days, I'll be doing ep- episodes about the Cowboys. And- <laughs> 49ers games and stuff like that but for now it's gonna be bad dude that that's that's like my 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 personal my my personal twitter that i have i don't talk about conspiracies at all mm-hmm. i just talk about i just talk sports that's it <laughs> i need one of those <laughs> to keep me sane <laughs> it's like a burner account it's kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> you and kevin durant with your burner twitter accounts yeah it, like my brother follows me on on uh on twitter so like he's very we have opposite um political leanings and i don't want to fight with him so i'm uh-huh. like ah, i'm just gonna talk sports here like just yeah. so he doesn't know about he knows i do this podcast and he would hate everything about it uh-huh which is crazy i don't know what happened with the left where they just became what well, just not fun like he used to be into like he used to read david ike i don't know what the fuck happened <laughs> How do you read David Icke and then go to and then go hard left? That's yeah. weird. He told me about lizard people and I got into it. Like he told me about the <laughs> uh, what was it? The Children of the Animatrix. I forget. Was that the name of the book? Uh, the uh, the yeah. Well, I forget exactly what the title is. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. gave it to me. It, it like that. That really opened me up to this whole world of conspiracy. Me too. Me too, and I'm I'm stoked because I'm gonna go see David Ike and uh, I'm gonna be we're both gonna be speaking in in Mexico in February, so I'm get get a chance to say hi to him again, which is great because he changed my life really. Yeah, I mean you you uh I mean isn't your your company is like associated with the Ike brothers, right? I, I had my show was on Iconic for the first. To I don't know, first two years that Iconic was even there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I should do the intro right now, but man, this is, we're, we're, we're getting some good we're stuff. We're on a roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to roll. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Welcome back to the Common Podcast. We have a special guest on today. It's one of my favorite. Actually, this is actually, I'm not just saying this because he's on the show right now, but this is my favorite podcast, period. Woo! And, and I am, this is, we got Charlie Robinson from macro aggressions and well, he, that's yeah. i'm flattered thank you so much <laughs> i appreciate it it's just a little old me doing this show and i and i'm convinced that nobody's even listening and then i get the reports from like chartable and they're like you're number one in angola i'm like <laughs> in africa and they're like yeah oh you're big in africa i'm like how <laughs> <laughs> the same thing happened with our show in australia i looked at our charts and we were like charting at like 32 in the top 100 over there. I was like, what happened? What, who, who, who are these people? 
there if you go to listen notes it'll tell you they they do it even before they'll they'll break down your your show by like where your audience is like percentage of everything and the number 2 on my list is australia at like 17% so like i have a so maybe your audience and my audience it's probably a, there's a, quite a bit of overlap there in australia and i love australia i hate oh, yeah. the government but the people are fantastic oh yeah oh definitely i shit on australia for like four episodes straight and like I got so many Australian Australian like uh, listeners, it was awesome. I had people write to me. The only negative thing I got from someone from Australia is we we did we did a four part series on uh, the Franklin scandal, Ooh, and nice. and speaking of dark episodes, holy fuck that that yeah. one kept me up at night. But we were yeah, talking I've talked about, to Nick Bryant. <laughs> yeah, he's on the list because I I read that book and I want to get him on the show pretty soon. Yeah. And, and man, that book, that book freaked me out like bad. Yeah. But we it, it used to be four of us when we worked at at, um, at this uh, podcast studio where they do drinking bros. But uh, um, we all got we all got laid out. Well, two of us got laid off and like everyone had life kind of happened. So it's harder to get the other guys on the show. But it's still ha- half of the people that are on the show uh, are still here. Um. But yeah, uh, we were talking about because it, it was like four guys. So we would just like kind of joke around, kind of like what you guys do on Union of the Unwanted. Where you, right. But we're, we're all in the same room. And some of that the episode that I mean, the content's so dark. We started like talking about like we're joking around about pedophiles and stuff about right. like kids. And some guy got really angry at us. I was like, Oof. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny like of course it's not funny we know it's not funny it's hard like that's where comedy comes from sometimes from the darkest places possible for sure yeah that's that's uh you're not i mean the 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 people that we talk about you know these these monsters running governments to them they're the ones that are you know actually messing around with kids when we talk and joke and make you know shitty comments about that stuff we're joking, obviously, because we're not involved in yeah. it, which is the reason why we could joke about it. And obvious, and yes, it's a dark topic. And and when you get into the serious nature of it, it is at its core not funny. <laughs> no, it's like gallows humor. You know what I mean? It's just it's like you laugh to keep from crying at the insanity of it all. Yeah, I talked to Nick Bryan about that, about with Franklin scandal, and it's just like, how do you? How do you how do you feel after you write that book? He's like, not good. <laughs> yeah, what blows my mind is how he the people he had to surround himself himself around. Like he he was surrounding himself with that photographer that was a fucking monster. Like he yeah. <laughs> and then he was like he had to fall, he had to interview these kids that were just lived the most awful life possible. And he I don't I just don't know how. I could never, I mean, I probably could do that, but I would hate it. You'd have to be like so focused on the outcome of this book is going to wake people up to this reality. And therefore, the more people that are awake to this, the harder it will be for them to pull it off this next time around. So you have to sort of come at it from like, I'm going to draw attention to this so that it doesn't happen anymore or so that it, if, so that it's, it doesn't happen as easily again. You sort of have to like dance with the devil uh, in, in terms of, you know, like what he did with like meeting these people and talking to them and getting these, you know, these really 
oh yeah really heavy duty stories and you have to go home and pretend like everything's okay like hey hi honey i'm home you know and then you're just like I, like what'd you do today like well i listened to uh, you know, an 11 year old boy recount uh, the horrors that he went through. And you're like, Oh Jesus. You <laughs> yeah. <know? So. laughs> yeah I, I, do you think like, where, what do you think is like kind of the closest thing that's happening to the Franklin scandal right now? Cause I know we have all the stuff with the Balenciaga stuff, yeah. which is like very satanic and it's really dark. And um, like, even I was even thinking about the, like the whole FTX thing. So mm-hmm. like where, where you have all these crypto guys that are, that are being suicided and then like they have these blackmail parties. So I'm like, that would, that might be the new one, but there there's maybe there's just so many, like there's a one in Utah, but what do you, what do you think about all this stuff? Like if, if it's happening, to, I mean, it's obviously happening today, but what, what's the new uh, big Epstein ring? I know, I know Franklin scandal wasn't Epstein, but like, yeah, well, it's funny because I, I've, you know, I've, talk to people about this, talk to, you know, people that cover this, like Whitney Webb or people like mm-hmm. that, you know, we were like, you know, when we were talking about Epstein, I, I sort of have described it as like, he had the franchise, he had the East coast franchise and a little bit in the Caribbean, but there was a West coast franchise mm-hmm. and, a, and, and a Midwest one too, and probably one in Chicago and definitely one in Mexico and Canada and probably East coast, Canada, West coast, Canada, you know, a little of every. I mean, Hugh Hefner was running the West Coast operation. Oh, 100 percent. We we so, talk- yeah. And I don't. I mean, as far as like what's going on right now, currently, well, if they're doing it, well, we wouldn't know. You know, <laughs> if yeah. they're if if they're if they're. I mean, Hollywood's always been sort of a. Uh, I don't know, like a like just a sort of a. It's almost. I lived in L.A. for 25 years. It's it, it's so. It's just, you don't have to go anywhere. All the victims come to you in Hollywood, you know, it's like takeout for victims because <laughs> they all just show up and they want to be a star. And you're like, if you're a star maker, you're like, well, you know, this, you, you say you want it, but this, you know, and it's like the Harvey Weinstein sort of create themselves in, yeah. in, in that situation where there's so much power and they're in, in, in the decision-making. And, and, and then of course there's the, there's like the obvious dark stuff. I remember when I was in, I just gotten out of college in LA and I was, uh, I was talking to this photographer and, uh, this photographer had a roommate at the time. And the roommate was a guy who you would see on the cover of men's health and men's fitness and everything. This is mid nineties, right? So this is like 95, 96. And, um, I, you know, I, I on all the covers. I mean, this guy would be on the cover of men's health or men's fitness or whatever, at least once or twice a year, you know? And, and I'd be like, he, I said, that guy's your roommate. Go, yeah. I go, Oh my God. Like you don't know any male models. Like as a guy, you don't know any male, male models, except that like, you know, I knew who this guy was. I was like, Oh yeah, I know. Who, I know exactly who that guy is. He'd say, Man, that guy would tell me stories. He said, David Geffen was trying to fuck him. I was like, what? And he goes, he goes, David Gefferton offered this guy a hundred thousand dollars to have sex with. And I go, that's wild. And, 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 and I go, is your, is your roommate gay? And he goes, no, he's straight. That's why he wants him. He said, there's something about wanting to turn a guy. Yeah. A straight guy, gay for it's money. Called, it's called frosting. I, I, Oh, is it? Is that there's a term? Okay. Well, yeah, if you've it, got 
if you've got David Geffen money, you know, and you can, and it's nothing to you and you get the guy that's on the cover of men's health, who's not gay, but you, but, but you try and, and, and this guy never took him up on the offer. He's not interested and I'm not, I'm not doing as far as I know. I mean, as far as the story that was told to me, I don't know, but, but I remember hearing that going, (laughs) that's fucking gross. And then I talked to Sean Hayes from Will and Grace, you know, he's a friend of a friend. And I talked to Sean Hayes, who is, who's in Hollywood and gay man. And I mentioned that to him and he goes, Oh, hundred percent. That story is true. A hundred percent. I was like, really? He goes, Oh yeah. He goes, I don't even need to know the details. And I know that story is true. Like, <laughs> so even back then I was starting to hear, you know, you always kind of hear about like casting couch and you assume that's going on, but I, I always just assumed it was like younger uh, girls, not young girls, but like, 20 years old, wants to yeah. be a star, fuck some casting director. I mean, that, that, that happens obviously, but then you get a little older and you go, well, it's not just the young girls. Sometimes it's the guys. Oh, and it's sometimes it's kids and you know what, <laughs> you know, and then you start to dig in. Then, then that, you know, it's, and then you go, Oh, have you heard about Disney? And you're like, tell me about Disney. And they're mm. like, Oh, well, let me, and you go, Oh my God, I want to throw up, you know? And so like everything <laughs> kind of leads you down this path where it gets like worse and worse and worse. So, so, I mean, what's, what sort of operations are going on? God only knows, but, uh, <laughs> too but, many, too many, <laughs> but even, but now if you think about it, like Epstein's kind of obsolete, yeah. you know, to get somebody on camera doing something bad with someone like we now have the technology where you don't even have to be doing anything bad. They can make it look like you're doing something bad on camera with a, 11 year old boy or something, you know what I mean? And, and it's not to, it's not to say that I'm not trying to provide cover for these people or anything <laughs> like that, but I'm just saying that, that it used to be that you had to catch a deviant or you had to elevate bad people in, because you knew they were controllable and you'd wind up with a bunch of people running Hollywood or the fucking white house for, for all we know, uh, high ranking people that are, hardcore pedophiles, but you needed them to be pedophiles so that you could control them. You'd have control files on all of them. Now you don't even need the people to be pedophiles because you can make up the evidence against them. You know what I mean? You could be like yeah. a guy who's totally not really like completely not honestly not into that. And they put a video, you know, they say, well, we got this video of you and you go, that's not me. And they go, do you think the internet is going to care that you say Holy that that's shit. not you? It looks just like you. The I mean, the fakes. internet's going to think it's yeah. you. Your agents will fire you. You'll never get it. You'll never work in this industry again. Yeah. You good luck explaining that. What are you going to do? Go on Oprah and say, I swear to God, it wasn't me, even though it looks exactly like me, you know? And so you go, oh shit, <laughs> the blackmail has, uh, it's blackmail 2.0, you know? Yeah. They're going to be like, back in my day, we, we actually had to fuck the kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, the you, old, you guys, old guys. Days, yeah. Back in my day. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we did a four part series on on the whole Epstein thing. We and we we based it off like all the research. We just um, and, and we, we gave credit to Whitney Webb. We went through all of her, her things. She wrote. It's fucking so good. And like it would never get the respect that it deserves. Like it, it, it should be winning awards. It's funny. Uh, and I've, I've said this to her, too. Um. Like your Epstein work should have got you a Pulitzer. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was the best reporting out there, but you know who got it instead? The Washington 
uh, uh, post in the New York Times got it for their covering of Russiagate. <laughs> and they find story. Like- they won. They won the Pulitzer for that. So, so it's like you, you know. I mean, I know she doesn't give a fuck about that stuff and, and wouldn't mm-hmm. be motivated by it. In fact, would probably, you know, it wouldn't it probably would be a, in the alternative media to win the Pulitzer Prize for your journalism would probably be the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah. Talk about ruining your credibility if the establishment is like, oh, you're fantastic. You, yeah. you know, we'd all be like, <laughs> no, no, no. But. um but yeah, that work that she was doing was, uh, was, you know, it's, it just goes to show that like the intersection of government and organized crime is indistinguishable from each other. You know, mm-hmm. it, it really, it, the government really is a form of organized crime. And, and, and so it shouldn't be really that surprising when you start to see mafias involved, like oh, yeah. That was, that's what blew my mind. Oh my God. <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't believe how many people were. I, I knew about the Bronfmans and like the yeah. people from Seagram's, but man, it, it went deep in uh, like the, the other co-hosts. Cause they don't, I'll, I'll send them notes, but they never read them. Mm-hmm. So they're like, <laughs> that's fun. They're like, what? What the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, man. That, that stuff is, um, but really, is it is it all that surprising? You know, when it's laid out there in front of you and all the names are named and things like that, and you look at it and you go, "Well, really, what's the diff- what's the difference between some bootlegger and some senator?" Yeah. Except a suit, you're just wearing a suit, but you're both criminals. You're both you're both you know, you both don't actually give a shit about the law or whatever. You're trying to make money. You're trying to mm-hmm. enrich yourselves, and um. And, and that's why so many, you know, when she was writing about the stuff that was going on in the twenties and thirties and things yeah. that, you know, uh, back when prohibition and, 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 in the lead up to world war II, when they're like about to launch the invasion in Italy, the uh, America was like, you know who we could really use to give us good in, Intel for Italy, the mafia that we've been arresting. Maybe we should stop arresting them and start working with them. And the mafia is like, well, you got to let our guys out of prison first. You're like, fine, we'll let your guys out of prison. All right, fine. Now we'll work with you. So, so you start doing that. And then it's like, Hey, wait, you guys are working with the mafia. And it's like, is that because you guys have so much in common? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it's funny that they, I, I had no idea about this, but they sent these guys in the mafia. I forgot who it was, but they just sent them to these different rallies and just, they just started fucking busting skulls. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of badass. I don't, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, it's funny they, they, there's all sorts of these, these little uh, tricks where, where you where, for the rallies, you know, I was, I was reading this. They're talking about uh, Saul Alinsky, you know, the democratic mm. uh, lunatic who, and who uh, Hillary and Obama love so much. He, he, he was talking about this story about how these guys came to him and said, we, we, we really despise this Republican guy who's uh, going to be speaking in our city next week. And we want to go do a, we want to hold a protest and protest this guy. You know, will you guys come and help us protest this guy? And Saul Alinsky's like, you're doing it wrong doing it wrong. You know, I have a bunch of guys show up there and protest, do this instead. Why don't you guys all dress like the Ku Klux Klan? And every time he says something you hate, just start clapping and agree with it (laughs) and start doing that and stand as close to him as you can. I'm reading this. I'm going, that's fucking genius. It is. I mean, say what you want about Saul Alinsky. He's an awful human being. 
but that's genius. You know what I mean? Like, so, so this counter, uh, you know, like we'll show you how to, we'll show you how to, how to protest. We'll show you, we'll show up to your rallies and pretend like we're on, you know? And so, so when you see stuff now in the current news cycle, like Patriot front, I go, that's yeah. straight out of Saul Alinsky's playbook. I, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. I already know this is good. You know, it was genius when it first was happening. When you've done it like over and over and over again, now it's like, now it's just kind of obvious when they yeah. all wear this, they all have the same like brand new uniforms and everything. And you're like, oh, hello, fellow anarchists. Hello, <laughs> yeah. fellow white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, I've I seen militia guys and they're not, they don't look like that. They're not like, buffer in shape they're fucking fat and they have like a thousand guns and like they <laughs> they they don't dress they're gonna wear a t-shirt they're gonna look like they're gonna look like me but fucking even fatter <laughs> they they're they're unorganized but they could fucking shoot a gun i know that yeah so instead they march out a bunch of really skinny well-dressed tailor you know like in the same uniforms uh walking in lockstep and you go you guys all look like a bunch of feds because you yeah. are <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that's why i never bought the gretchen whitmer thing i never bought mm-hmm. the fucking january 6th thing i was like oh yeah th- th- this is they've done this before they did this like it, the what was it the chicago six it did the same exact thing but for the right it, it's like it's it's like a script they follow they don't change it it's like a it's they have a book they follow they're like all right uh we're we're gonna fake this right it's not hard to start a riot and then we're and then it's it's we're going to be able to pass our legislation. We're going to be able to throw these people in prison and say they're a bunch of domestic terrorists. It's it's all as, there. As long as you have the media on your side mm-hmm. and you can have them amplify your message, then mm-hmm. if you've got that, then you're good. <clears throat> you can say the most ridiculous shit. If they keep saying it over and over again. Yeah. You get to a point where everyone believes it. Yeah. Speaking of of having the media on your side. We, we got to get into like, where do the people go? And uh, before yeah. we get, in, before we get into this episode, I got to give a big shout out to frightening me from YouTube. He, he also is in, uh, um, he, he says he's talks to you on the union of the unwanted chat. Mm-hmm. But he, he comes in our chats on YouTube and he's the one who introduced me to you. So like, I, 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 I didn't want to do this episode without giving frightening me on YouTube a shout out. He's not on, on any social media, but he's, he's like, dude, check this out. And ever since he told me about that, about your podcast, I, I, I've been hooked. I tell everyone well, about it. I appreciate that. And thank you to frightening me. Are you, is this the same frightening me that I see in the OBDM chats on, yes. on uh, Twitch probably? Yeah, maybe. Exa- yes. I think it is. Cause he said, right on, right on. Yeah. That, <laughs> that guy is a wealth of knowledge. Holy shit. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Because you know what? This is what it is. We're all trying to figure this out. You know, we're all trying to. We, we don't. Oh. Oh, your your recording is cutting out. We're just trying to make it work. There, okay. Now, now everything looks like it's. Got it. Cool. Yeah, yeah you're back. I'm back. <laughs> Sorry for writing me. me, but uh, Charlie just said something really nice about you. So I did. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So sorry. My my connection kind of got a little frazzled there. But um, yeah, this episode. Where did all the people go? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Like like we were saying, it's very dark. Um, it's uh, this has to do with with the jab. That has to do with Deagle reports. I was like, oh my god, this is perfect. But yeah, can yeah. you can you um 
Kind of, can you kind of explain what the Deagle report is for people that don't know sure. what that is? So there's a company called Deagle, and they're a military contractor. They do analytics. They'll tell you if you're a, a military around the world, how many helmets you need to order for the next five years. You know, so so they're they're mapping all kinds of things. They're they're mapping out uh, geopolitical hotspots, and they're they're looking at um, potential wars, potential unrest, you know, things like that. And based on what they know, they're sort of like a think tank, um, you know, based on what they know about this, they can sort of assess your situation and tell you what you need. So, um, so they're watching, they would know. Okay. So, so what Deagle did was they put out this report in on their website. And I remember going to their website, the, the report came out and what it did is it showed populations in countries of the world in 2015 and then populations, those same countries in 2025. So that's all it was. It was just two lines, two, uh, a, a chart with two lines. And, um, and I, and I remember reading this in like 20, I want to say like 2016, maybe was the first time I saw it. And, uh, um thinking well okay this is this is weird and i think i did it took a screenshot but so so basically what it did was this it 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 said we'll use america as an example uh, it said that in america in 2015 there are 340 million people okay mm. and then in america in 2025 there are 99 million people and you go okay <laughs> uh, that's alarming. So I so I go, well, so did Mexico absorb a hundred million people and Canada absorb like where did the people go? Right. Mm -hmm. So you go and you look at, at Canada and their population is um you know from like 30 million to like 12 million. And you go, wait a second. <laughs> and then you look at Mexico and Mexico is cut by 70%. And you're going, wait a second. Okay, so if these people are leaving these countries, they're, they have to be going somewhere. Where are they going? And the, the answer is they're dead. Yeah. They're just yeah. not there anymore. They don't exist anymore. There's not a, there's not a corresponding in-migration to offset the outward flow of people. The only countries, there are only a few countries that saw, net, that saw positive population growths during that time. And I kept those sort of in the back of my mind because those countries would come in handy to know in the future when I, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it became, they became relevant when I'm starting to look at the CDC's worldwide map in terms of the countries in which had the highest uptake of vaccination rates for COVID. And so when you overlay those on top of each other, what you find is that the countries with the lowest vaccination rates, and by lowest, I mean every single country was at least above 50%. But these countries were at like 52% or 57% or something like that, right? But the, the top, the lowest 10 in terms of vaccination rates were the only countries on Deagle's maps where the population was going up. Yeah, that one blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it blew my mind too. I saw that and I went, oh shit. Yeah. It's it's there's there may be something to this. Now of, again, so so 
I, I, I need to set this up a little bit just in terms of so that, so that I tell you what, what happened before I did this interview, or I mean, before I did this, this episode, I, I had this idea for it for a while, for a couple of months. And I, because I was starting to hear some things about people dying and I wasn't really sure, you know, I just, I was thinking about like, well, what, you know, what happens if a lot of people die? Like a lot of people, because I had Dr. Robert Malone on our Union of the Unwanted, and I, you know, and within five minutes, we were asking him. You know, I said, you know, explain how it works. I explain how a shot works. He says, well, it's, it manufactures the mRNA technology, tells the cell to start manufacturing spike proteins, and and it just keeps manufacturing spike proteins, which is what it's supposed to do. But there, there's a flaw in the technology and it doesn't have an off switch. So once you turn it on, you can never turn it off. And I was like, what? And he's like, <laughs> I, I go, so it just, your body just makes spike proteins forever. He goes, correct. And I go, well, who in the hell would uh, hire you to make such a defective product? He goes, well, the United States military, of course. <laughs> and I went, okay. So, so I've got that in my head. Right. And I'm thinking about this and I start, I start hearing about the life insurance companies that are showing 40% rises in non uh, all cause mortality, but they're saying it's not COVID because it wasn't happening in 2020. This is 2021 mm-hmm. where we're seeing a 40% spike. They're saying a 10% spike is a one in 200 year event. And we are seeing a 40% spike. These are life insurance companies, companies that deal with boring ass numbers and make a fortune because of their ability to arbitrage those numbers between how much you'll pay and how long you'll live. You know, they know how long you'll live, you know, pooled all together like a mortgage backed security type thing. But, but with all these life insurance policies, it's very predictable. So any sort of deviation from them, they're going to be the first people to notice it. So I start listening to these guys in the life insurance industry, which is fucking boring, but you got to do it. <laughs> so, um, but they're going, this is unheard of, unheard of, right? So I've got this in my head too. So I've got Robert Malone, I've got the life insurance guys. And I, so I, I reach out to Tony Merkel, who's my partner on this. He does the confessionals, which is like paranormal, Bigfoot, cryptids, mm-hmm. great show. And he's, he's my partner on macroaggressions. And I said, I've got this idea for a show, but I think it might be too dark, you know? Uh, and I laid it out. I kind of explained it to him. He says, I think you should record it and then see how you feel. And then I'll listen to it and I'll let you know what I think. I said, he goes, and if it's too much, we won't put it out. And I said, okay, okay, that's, we can, we can do that. So I initially didn't really want to do it. And then I, and then I did it. And I, and I, I'm researched and I made sure I had everything buttoned up and I, and I, I did it and I, and I felt really kind of unsure afterwards. And I sent it over to Tony and I said, just you tell me, man, I don't know. I'm too close to this to, to know, but like, I feel it feels dirty and it feels like reporting on this stuff. And uh, I don't want to be alarmist and I don't want to freak people out, but at the, you know, but I feel like there's something here and I think, and I don't think I'm wrong about this. A lot of this stuff, I think, I think there's something here and, and you, but you tell me, you know what I mean? And so I sent it over to him and he called me like two hours later and he was like, you have to put this out. You have <laughs> to put it out because it, it, we have, you know, put it out. And I said, fine. So we did 
and it became like the most downloaded episode I had like hundred, like over a hundred thousand views on band video and everything. People were like all over the world were emailing me. Will you come on and talk to me? Talk to us about this. I was like, Oh fuck, what have I done? <laughs> you know, I was like, Jesus. Um, but the, look, this is, this is the premise of it is, you know, Dr. Robert Malone is telling me it doesn't matter if you've taken one shot or four shots, you're dead. Yeah. And the numbers that this, so I go and look at the CDC numbers. I want to go look. And, and it's like, we've got two thirds of the population vaccinated, right? I got one guy who's the inventor of the mRNA technology, not the vaccine, but the mRNA technology. So mm-hmm. there's a, you know, but he knows how it works. I've got the inventor saying it's going to kill everybody that takes it. I've got yeah. Deagle saying 70% of the people in the United States are going to be gone by 2025. And I feel like they might know something we don't know. I'm speculating there, though, mm-hmm. to be fair. So, but it's their job to know what we don't know. That's why they get the big bucks, right? So I'm thinking this is all going in my head. I'm going, the countries that don't have the big massive die-off or the ones that have the least, least amount of vaccinations. I'm going, okay, that's lining up too. It was just too much. Right. So, so I did all the disclaimers and I, you know, about how this would be the least satisfying, least satisfying. I told you so of all time. Right. Because to be right about this is to be right about genocide. Really. Right. You know, to it's, it's the death of billions of people. So you don't want to be right. And you don't want this to be a thing, but uh, I just decided, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out there. And then I'm so, so that's like the two thirds of the episode is, is the evidence it's talking about who's, you know, I've got broken it down by age ranges, who's been vaccinated in at least one dose in America is 261,981,000 people, which works out to just about 79% of the population has had at least one shot and you've got, uh, you know, 67.3% have had two shots. And I've got one guy, the guy, the inventor telling me it doesn't matter if you've had one, two, three, four, it doesn't matter. You know, so I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. So, so, so let's just say, let's just say that that's what it does. It's I already know all about their writings. I've written three books. Part of it goes into like how they're obsessed with depopulation in a one world government. And so you go, okay, well, what does this look like? Let's just say two thirds of the people are gone in the next five years. Now what? Like here's now it became like a social experiment. Let's put ourselves five years down the road. And they're saying it's April 15th time to pay taxes. And you're like, my entire family is dead. Because yeah. you told them it was safe to take a vaccine for a virus with a 99.98% survivability rate and a median death age of 80. And you want me to pay you money, you and the government? Well, fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you, you start to think, you go, that's going to be the prevailing mentality for yeah. the 99 million people that are left over. Good luck governing those people if they're even there. Because let's be honest. If China wanted to invade, be a perfect time. Yeah, you know, if 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 they wanted to, you know, if Mexico decided they had some scores to settle with us after all the shit that we've been doing, you know, the Chinese, by the way, didn't take 
the mRNA technology. They took no. traditional vaccines. Yeah, it, I, I remember seeing that. It was it was a, it was a totally different vaccine. There was no Moderna. There was no uh, what's the other one? Pfizer. Like it, they, they made them. You know, they have no problem making them. Actually, India makes most of the vaccines, but still, you, you have no problem making them. But they yeah. weren't taking them themselves. Not 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 that brand. So who who do you think like what what who does this benefit? Does this just benefit China to depopulate the Western countries? Or like what, what would be the reason for this level of depopulation? Well, I mean, the, the destruct first, just the destruction of. Um, so if you're going to if you're going to start, a, if you're going to do a one world government, mm-hmm. it's real helpful to have fewer people because yeah. there's just fewer of them to control. So mm-hmm. you definitely if you have the opportunity, in fact, actually, I think it's kind of a necessity. You got to get rid of about 75% of the people. It's, there's just too many people to control. The rest of them you can control economically or somehow. But but 8 billion people, too many. A billion, that's what they want. Half a half a billion is really what they want. So you know, that that's the first step towards accomplishing that one world government goal is to depopulate the shit out of people, right? So, so that's, that's the plan. And in, in the ashes, you know, keep in mind, we also have the World Economic Forum's uh, Build Back Better plan, which mm-hmm. when you listen to that name, Build Back Better, mm-hmm. it, it implies that what was currently there or what was previously there is destroyed because you have to build it back yeah. better. So part of this part of this World Economic Forum Agenda 2030 plan is to destroy everything and then build it back, rebuild it. Get rid of as many of the people as you can and then the rest of them you'll put them in smart cities, which is a fancy name for concentration camp cities, <laughs> which is yes. what would they what you know, the, you you don't you never be enthusiastic about moving to a concentration camp, but no. a smart city sounds great. You know, oh, internet and everything is all, you know, it sounds great. But so, so this is sort of, this is apparently the plan. Get as, get rid of as many people as you can. Uh, now it's up to us to prevent this plan from going into uh, action, but I think the vaccine is part of the plan. Yeah. And, and it, the plan is already in effect. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting as comfortable with all this shit, like um, every like the smart cities, like you're you're making people fucking dumber by these these cell phones. You you have your your like no one knows how to make anything anymore. Um, also, you also uh, they're they're telling you what they're doing, like in your face, like you can literally watch every speech at the World Economic Forum. Like you can you can listen to it, like they put it out. They don't give a fuck anymore. They know. Mm. We have no shot. Like that's what they think. They're like, oh, they have no shot. They're not fucking with us. They the UN, like this sounds exactly like like Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. Like they talked about depopulation. They've been talking about it for decades. It's right in front of us. And no one no one seems to give a fuck. They're like, oh, it's and, all conspiracy theories. And the agenda 2030 component has a depo- is part part of what you need is depopulation. And who is the World Health Organization under? The United Nations. Yep. And who ran this op? The, the World Health Organization. So yeah. 
they're the depopulation arm yeah also of the they, united nations and also the united our, nations is the rockefellers <laughs> so <laughs> yeah we just did an episode on on david rockefeller fun guy <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it was uh doing the research on that you're like oh fuck man that guy controlled everything but yeah, yeah. And, and i mean these guys i mean the the rockefellers rothschilds like all these people they they set all this shit up and it, it it's kind of scary like this is this is what i was saying in the beginning of the episode like this stuff keeps me up at night yeah. like like when you when i'm doing research because I, I i mean i do research for i mean i do all the writing and all the research for all the episodes and you're just like you tell people about this like regular joe's like i i i for a side gig i do catering um and i and and the chef he listens to the show and he's just like man uh, you know what i like about you is you don't trust the government at all you don't trust anything <laughs> i'm like yeah because i research this stuff and it's there and yeah. it's fucked up and he, he he listens to the show now he's like yeah man i'm you're you're, you're selling me on those all this stuff i'm like good because we need to tell people what the fuck's happening because it's, it's not good yeah yeah, we everyone just makes this big assumption that the government is here to like help you out and be your friend. And it's like, why would you ever make that assumption? They 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 don't help help you. It's just that we get programmed and we we only you know we just how would society run? Who would if it wasn't for government? Who would build the roads? You know, I speak yeah. at anarchist conventions, so it's like <laughs> I love it. all this stuff is 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 uh um you know it's it's just all it's it's like a big punchline you know it's like yeah, a big it, joke you know because like, we, we we see it so clearly the the the, the insanity of government and we, yeah. it's so obvious and yet other people it's right in front of their face like mm-hmm. tyranny right in front of their face and they're just like i love it give me more and you've just yeah it, it's it's like there there is that uh, um i think it was like a convenience store or a corner store in philadelphia where they're hiring their own police force because the police will not help them out so they have a bunch of armed guys around like exactly that's that's how you do it like that's <laughs> the, the market will meet your needs you know there will be a marketplace for that if it is needed you can't trust the police why would yeah. you yeah yeah they and like back back to all all this stuff like they 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 tell you what they're going to do they have i mean just like event 201 the spars 2025 to 2028 report they're telling you what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, they're just practicing. Why? They're practicing. <laughs> Why? Because you know what? Because because to 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 know that your government is doing that to you intentionally is just really hard to wrap your head around and live yeah. with. And so it is it is just easier and more convenient to pretend like it doesn't exist because what are you going to do about it anyway, you know? And so I understand why people tune this stuff out and I understand why people are willfully ignorant. Doesn't mean I respect it, but I I do understand it. You know, yeah, I, I I do understand that. But 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 I just it I I got to I got to say something about, it. you know, that's the, I I just feel an obligation to 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 point it out because so much so much misery comes from from these people yeah. you know and what they have planned for us is fucking horrific mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's it's not disrespectful for you to dig into what's going on with your government it's your obligation to do such so so i'm just 
you know, I, I, I want more people to kind of wake up to this insanity mm. because the more people that are watching them, the harder it is for them to put the plan in place. Yeah. It, it's, it, it makes people uncomfortable that that's what I I've come to that conclusion. Like with your episode, when you tell people that they're going to die, if they take the vaccine, like everyone knows a lot of people that have taken the vaccine, like yep. basically everyone in my immediate family have taken it. No one in, well, no one like, uh, like my fiance and my kids, of course have not taken that would not fucking let them have it. But like, <laughs> Like my family back home, they all took it. They were like, you have to take this. It's essential. And like, you, you don't want this to be true. No, God, no, no, I I want to, I I want this to be, I want this to be just a gigantic coincidence. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, because for it to be true is genocide. It's genocide. It it is the murdering, the intentional extermination of billions of people. Yeah. And then through a lie that they knew was a lie that they created and manufactured and propped up with the media. And if that is true, and it, and I believe that it is true that that is their plan, then when you, when the, the people wake up, it's, it's, it's hangings off of bridges, it's politicians hanging from Mm -hmm. buildings. You know what I mean? I'm serious. It's going to get, it's going to get crazy. That's and that was sort of like the tail end of this episode that, that I did was like, you know, how does society react to this? What, yeah. what, what do you, what do you, what I'm not, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not trying to say I want this. I'm not trying to say it's right or anything like that, but I'm just saying you, you do recognize there will be vigilante justice, right? That the people that did this will be murdered yeah. by angry citizens. That the Fauci's of the world, you know, w- will not die in prison cells. They will be ripped apart by people who've lost their children. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? And so, like, what in like, what is the economic impact? You know, who will work on the airplanes? Who will fly the airplanes? All the people that were our pilots had to get, had to get, um, you know, had to, had to be up to date on their stuff or else, you know, or else OSHA was going to come in. Remember Joe Biden said OSHA was going to come in and shut Mm -hmm. you down. And so there's that threat, right? And people say, oh, fine, I'll do it because I'm threatened because I need this job because I got to support my family. And of course they do. Right. So you get talked into it under false pretenses. You get manipulated and and then then you want to try and run your country after that. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You know, like good luck enforcing jack shit after that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be like, if, if this stuff does come out, like if it does actually happen, it is going to be chaos. Like it's not a world you want to live in. No. Oh oh yeah. We, we survived, but now we fucking live in, in, in a post-apocalyptic world and it's, it's awful. And it didn't, and the problem is that it didn't have to be this way. All they had to do is do nothing. Yeah. And not in not not run out this COVID narrative and this bullshit. They chose to do that. They mm. chose this. They they decided 2020, that's the year when it all changes. If we're going to get mm. to 2030 and we're going to have this this communist utopian technocratic hellscape paradise of ours, um, we're gonna have to kick this thing off about 10 years before that, right? Mm. Boom. It starts. Okay. 
So they made this happen. Whatever happens to them in the wake of this, not my problem. Yeah. You know, and I'm not advocating violence. I'm just saying hu- human nature, you know what hum- you know how you you know how unreasonable people can be at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like you think you're going to try and reason with some guy who lost his four-year-olds. Yeah. You know, good yeah. luck yeah. dealing with that person. Ooh, Ooh man, that, that's fucking terrifying because yeah. Cause and there yeah. goes your economy and the, and the pilots, you know, that fly the airplanes. Well, there aren't pilots anymore. And that also means that they're not flying cargo planes. And that also means that maybe they're not, you know, there's nobody there at the docks to unload the shipping containers because they were all forced to take, you know, and it's like, you start thinking about it like that and you go, Oh shit. We're like, we're like back to stone age people yeah. <laughs> pretty quick, you know, with only like a third of the team uh, functioning mm-hmm. and, 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 and a government that's scared to death of everybody. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's it would be chaos, but yeah. unfortunately, they think they'll provide the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think that they'll say we'll come to the smart cities, and that's the World Economic Forum trap. That is, if those people are even still around, if the if the general public doesn't get to them first, you know, because they've made themselves very public, and mm-hmm. it's it doesn't. You don't have to be a conspiracy researcher to uh, to get to the World Economic Forum as being involved in this. That'd take you about two minutes of digging. So, yeah, this, um, this is the Great Reset. This is what it is. Like we we've been talking about reset. this for years. That this yeah. is the Great Reset. This is their plan. And I mean, they fucking they nailed it. So like, yeah, <laughs> they 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 pulled it off, and like it. I was just watching the Graham Hancock series on Netflix mm-hmm. and I'm just seeing like these, these ancient civilizations have how they had all these underground tunnels. And I'm and like, and then I think about all the underground like tunnels we have right now that are military based. Right. Like it's this fucking, they know something they've been planning this for a while. Why is everything underground and why is everything in mountains? Oh yeah. Because they have a place that there's no way you can get into these mountains. No. And and you, I'm I'm just thinking about uh, I'm I'm just going on a little tangent about like they they know what they're doing and they have a plan and there's really no nothing we could do and they have their little fucking hiding places so it's all it's all fucked up. Don't for, don't forget about the seed vault that Bill Gates financed. Oh yeah, in Norway with Monsanto and Syngenta and the Rockefeller Foundation, <laughs> where it has millions and millions of organic seeds that are stored in a remote facility 1100 kilometers south of the north pole <laughs> yeah it, it's this that just this evil like the i mean just look at everything that bill gates is involved with just like recently with with uh where where they're spending i don't i don't remember i, I kind of like glossed over this story but they're they're funding all this stuff in in africa to that teach africans that um about about abortion and how abortion is actually good mm-hmm. you're just like man this this guy is fucking he doesn't stop <laughs> he's a maniac you you have you you have to respect his tenacity yeah he's de- he's devoted to his craft unfortunately his craft is killing off as many people on the planet as he can yeah and he's very he's a very hard worker and he's very creative about that but make no mistake bill gates is not your friend 
Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody in the alternative media, you know, uh, doesn't understand that, but, but there are a lot of <clears throat> new people coming to this under this realization and they go, well, you know, I don't, I get kind of bad vibes from him. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, well, would you like to know more about his father? <laughs> would you like to know about, you know, mm-hmm. how his company was actually started? Would you like to know about that? This guy has intelligence written all over him. And I don't mean the brain type. <laughs> I mean, the Langley type. So, you know, the, Got one of those origin stories exactly like Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Lone, lonely nerd freshman at Harvard starts transformational technology company with stolen technology from somebody else, gets in fights with his partner, Susan, and ultimately gets into antitrust lawsuits with the government. Mm-hmm. Am I talking about Microsoft or am I talking about Facebook or am I talking about them both? They're all because the, they're the same... exact same story. Yeah, they're the same exact story. Yeah. And that's interesting about Bill Gates dad, who was uh, he was like on the board of Planned Parenthood and just like, man, these guys fucking love depopulation. It's crazy. Every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So but but again. I think that's information that people need to know, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that they need to be aware of that because even if they're not going to do anything about it, but just because they need to know that these people that show up on television as portraying themselves as saviors are usually completely full of shit, you know? And Bill Gates is a prime example of that. When you look at how much money he gives away every year through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, just to media companies, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars. He buys this publicity of him being just like this philanthropist nerd who, who uh, really wants to save humanity, you know, but they, they say that because he pays them to say that. And the MS in MSNBC stands for Microsoft. Does it really? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a joint venture. Well, it was a 25-year joint venture with Microsoft. Microsoft in the last three years has terminated it. So the name remains, but Microsoft has no involvement as of like the last couple of years. But for the first 25 years of, it, of its existence, yeah, that's what the MS stood for. Microsoft, NBC. So you understand the power of owning oh, the media. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you look at that whole web of, of companies that like BlackRock owns, and you just mm-hmm. see like it, how how big how big that that web is. You like it's it's like every media company. You have Pfizer, you have Moderna, you have Disney. Like they're all associated with one another. It's and, the thing. You know yeah. what I mean? BlackRock owns the thing. The mm-hmm. thing that you're supposed to all um, you know how like there's a new thing. You know, Black Lives Matter. Stand mm. with Ukraine. You know, mm. I put my mask in my profile pic. Whatever the thing is, and all the NPCs do the thing. That's because it's everything's so intertwined right now that like BlackRock has this ownership of all of these different agendas, and they need them to to all kind of work in harmony with one another. So, yeah, it's like they own forty big, gigantic, important companies. They basically just own them, you know, and they make those companies all reinforce the same lies. The media yeah. companies reinforce it. You know, the, 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 the biotech companies that they own 
make the products, but they need the media to reinforce that, you know, so it's like a mutually parasitic relationship. Yeah. Where they need each other. They need, the corporations need BlackRock to invest in because they buy large stakes of their stock and they don't sell it typically. And that creates less volatility where like, you know, less, they're less inclined for, you know, everybody to dump the stock all at once. Plus it's also a signal BlackRock's buying. So they must know something you don't know. So, so you start buying because of that. And then BlackRock just, they just buy so much. Right. So, so you need them to like your company, mm-hmm. it, but they need you See that this is to do what, some things for them too. It, I'm, I'm not a Trump guy or anything, but I think the one thing he was right about was, was his criticism of the, of the media. And I think that kind of woke mm-hmm. up a lot of people. It's like the same way. Yeah. The, these guys, these really bad dudes, uh, Elon Musk, the same, like he'll, some, he'll get it. He's getting it right right now. But I mean, the guy's fucking he, he created Neuralink like he's going to they're literally going to be hacking to your brains. But like right. the whole thing with with Twitter, I think he's right on for for now that we know. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the Twitter files. I don't know if you, if you got into the any of the Twitter files stuff. Yeah. Did you see they just they fired Jim Baker today? Yeah, I was just going to say that the like this fucking guy was over there still trying to hide evidence. This this is this got to be one of the biggest stories like of the last like 20 years that they were openly like trying to suppress like they they influenced a presidential election. It's there in the MSNBC was like, oh, it was like pretty much saying it was a nothing burger. Like, what did you read the files? They're there. <laughs> Again, it's, it's, it's all these things that all these companies, they're all just connected to one another. You know, mm-hmm. they can't say anything. Ba- what is, BlackRock owns a bunch of Amazon. Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos owns the Washington Post. They're all self-reinforcing these these narratives and these lies and everything. It's just it it it's so oh it's it's so devious. Yeah. And, and you know, and 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 most people just have no idea what, what's going on. And so it's like it they have no idea that reality is being created by Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. Yeah. And, and and the ESG component that's coming through. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. This is this is a a a a fuck you to society like we haven't we've like we've never experienced what's coming. And that's BlackRock doing this, this ESG score, environmental, social, and governance. Mm-hmm. It is a catastrophe. I it's social justice war. It's it's like social social justice warriors had a uh, retarded climate change baby <laughs> and it was ESG scores. Yeah. It, you know, it's a, it's a social credit score, but for corporations, we, for sure. We, yeah. we just had on uh, Clint Russell on last week and he, he's the he, best. He, he's so fucking good <laughs> at that. Like he broke it down. I'm like, man, I, he, I was like, so let's talk about ESGs. And like, it was like his fucking brain like ticked. Yeah. And he just turned into a robot and he just fucking, put out hates them he's <laughs> yeah yeah he fucking hates them too um and he and i talked about have have talked about that as well <laughs> i mean it, look it's it's woke capitalism is what they're kind of calling it it's mm. it's 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 re- 
it's ridiculous. Here's the, here's the core component of it. And, and this is what, what P, all, all you need to know about ESG is one thing. Climate change is a huge scam. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Yeah. Pollution is real. Okay. If people yeah. have this emotional uh, reaction to say, someone saying climate change isn't real, pollution is real. Climate yeah. change is a catch-all term that they created that they can manipulate and stuff all kinds of agendas into. And they're going to use this climate change. There's too much carbon in the atmosphere, which is bullshit. Yes, it's okay. okay. It's bullshit. And on top of that, it's totally uncontrollable, even if it were a, a real problem, because one Icelandic volcano goes off and there goes 10,000 years of in, mm. industrialized uh, pollution in just one volcano. So w- w- it's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Not because I say it's bullshit. It's bullshit because in 1972, the Club of Rome wrote a book and they explained how they were going to do it. Yeah. And that it was going to be bullshit. (laughs) They they, they were going to use the pretext, whether it was real or one invented for these purposes, to create the uh, global warming, which later became climate change. Yeah. So they talk about it and they say that the reason why they're going to do that is to create a a tax, a carbon tax that would be used to finance their world government. Okay. So again, not my words, their words. They wrote it in the book, the Club yeah. of Rome. It's co-founded by uh Zbigniew Brzezinski and uh um David Rockefeller. Yes. No, I take that back. That's trilateral. It's uh, David oh, yeah. Rockefeller and uh um Maurice Strong. Oh yes, I. <laughs> so so, and, and they're both depopulationists. All right, so so they're they're talking about using the idea of climate change as a fake reason to vilify humanity and charge them a carbon tax that they could use to create a one-world government. Now, when you know that, mm-hmm. when you know that, you know that is their plan. Then somebody drops ESG scores on you. You go, I know what this is. Yeah. This is that bullshit carbon tax that they were talking about. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what they're doing. This is it. This is this is the Club of Rome's plan, the ESG scores. And you go, I'm not falling for that. Yeah. I'm not falling for that. It's a, it, so so it's a it's a scam. And that's and again, you you call it out early, you talk about it as much as you can, you make sure people hear that, you make sure people hear another side to the story because they're gonna. They're getting ready for a decade of ESG stories where the media says nothing but great things about it, right? Yeah. And so it's going to be brainwashing on a on a level you've never even you've never even seen. So ESG, think of that. Think of like you mentioned, uh, social credit systems and things. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it. The, I think Clint would say it's the hill to die on. It, it really is. I mean, you, you you think of like companies like FTX who had a, a higher ESG score than Exxon Mobil. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay. You just go, okay. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, okay, I'm out. <laughs> like anyone that was like on the fence, you're like, all right, I'm out. Like that 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 right there. That's kind of like a smoking gun. Yeah. So, so you know, once you, once you sort of understand that at its core, the whole concept that ESG is supposed to, you know, the environmental part, once you know that that whole industry is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that 
I'm not saying don't recycle and do, we got to treat the earth much better, but I'm, t- I'm mm. talking about the specifically the climate change group with the, yeah. the world government, the cop 27s, you know, when they have those conferences and things like that, I'm talking about the globalist group that's mm. in the climate change, uh, which would be the world economic forum and the United nations and uh, club of Rome. And, you know, th- those groups that, that talk openly about it. So like it's, all a, it's just a gigantic new casino game for them to rig and manipulate and take more of our rights and take more of our wealth for themselves and and shrink us down population wise and then you know in terms of size and then eventually into smaller more controllable environments which is what they talk about with smart cities so mm-hmm. so again it's like you start explaining this to, to somebody <laughs> off the streets and they are going to think that you are insane, you know, when you start oh, yeah. mentioning stuff like this, but it's like, you just, you just haven't been reading the reports that we've been reading. Yeah. I, I mean, read the reports and we know that this isn't like science fiction. This is, has been happening in China for the last five mm-hmm. years, the social credit system. And like, it's being perfected there and it's coming here unless we sort of, you know, grow a pair of balls and oppose it. Yeah. You got to tell him it's all bullshit. Al Gore. He, he, this guy is taking, he's taking private jets and then he's paying it back through his, uh, uh, was carbon offsets, the company that he fucking owns. So like, (laughs) you're like, okay. And then like, in, in these, these like, uh, I mean, I, I was uh, doing a catering at um, it was it was at the Frost Building in Austin, which, by the way, has a bunch of Freemason uh, imagery there. It's crazy. But I mean, you're 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 over here doing this event. And then every time they open the door, it's fucking like it, this was like in the summertime. So it was like 60 degrees in there. And you're like, these are the same fucking people. I know not not the people that actually work there, but like, I mean, you, you have these big corporations that have these high ESG scores and these people are telling you to, that in your house, you have to turn your AC to 80 degrees and a fucking when it's 110 degrees in Austin, Texas, like you're like, oh, OK, no, this is all bullshit. They don't they don't follow the same rules that we do. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's frustrating and. I think that, uh, you know, you can only do that for so long before you just, you just lose your, I don't know, well, credibility. People just, and, uh, people need to know that. And, and that's why I think what you do at macroaggressions is, is so important. And, uh, and that's why I always tell people thank you. they need to come and listen to your show because I appreciate, that. you know, you know, the episode that really sold me on, I, I can't remember the name of it, but you're talking about how the, you, I think you're talking about that that what was their name that lost the governorship in uh in um georgia the one with the big gap in her teeth um stacy abrams stacy abrams and you're talking about how she was taking a picture with all those kids and they all their masks on and she didn't you're just like you went on this rant about they like they fucking hate you and you did this whole rant i was in, I was in my car i was like yeah I was, <laughs> that pumped me up i was like all right um this is this is my shit now <laughs> well well i it just bothers me you know because i'm a good person and i treat other people with respect and i'm nice and everything and and you see these politicians and they're just shitheads they're mm-hmm. just shitty people yeah. and you realize 
why it is because normal people don't really want those jobs. Those are jobs that get, grant you like power and access and the types of things that psychopathic people tend to want. And so it, it works kind of like a magnet for psychopathic personalities. And yeah. so it shouldn't really be surprising that the government is run by crazy people because a lot of crazy people are attracted to the things that government provides them. They don't, they're not looking for like a stable home life. They're looking for insane uh, opportunities to control people. They're sociopaths. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah. They're and so like, where are you going to go for that? Are you going to get a job as, as an assistant manager at a shoe store? No, they wouldn't. Or are you going to go try and be a congressman? Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've got a, if you've got the brains, you know, and you're, and you've got the motivation, like you move to Washington DC, you know, or you just try to, you find a way to make it happen. They, they, they find these people, they groom these people too. Let's be honest too. A lot of oh, these yeah. people are oh, multi-generational type, type people. And that can be trusted because they're in the club or their dad was in the club or they went skull and bones or whatever, you know? And so like, these are the types of people that wind up in positions of power. So it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's not really a stretch yeah, to think that the government would be so fucked up. <laughs> I'm not trying to yeah. excuse it. No, I'm not it, saying it's okay, but I'm just saying it's not, it shouldn't be surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 and let's let's wrap it up there. Let um, get, do you want to uh, do some plugs like uh, on your shows? Sure. I, I know how, how many podcasts are you doing today? <laughs> I mean, like during the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a I did a radio show on TNT. Uh, oh, I've been on there. I was on there uh, yeah. earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I did that. And I'm doing. Uh, I'm going on with uh, Steve Poikinen on uh, slow or. Uh, AM wake up over on Rockfin tomorrow morning. It's a really, really fun uh, lot three, like a three hour live. It's like the today show, but for conspiracy people. Oh, wow. I don't know about this. What is yeah, it called? It's on Rockfin in the morning. It's called AM wake up. It's with Steve Poikinen and pasta. Uh, oh pasta yeah. Jodula. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Pasta. And we have both of them on uh, union of the unwanted all the time. And I love Steve. Steve's fantastic. And I'm going to go see, I'm going to go do his show in studio in Vegas in like two weeks, but uh, tomorrow I'm doing it as well. So, uh, so I, I don't know. I do, I do a bunch of, I have macroaggressions, which I do two episodes a week, uh, day zero with Corey and uh, X cubed and Lindsay Sharman. Mm -hmm. And I do that on Sundays. And then Union of the Unwanted, we do twice a month. That's fun. That's just just a wild, yeah, crazy ass show. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I, I get a text message from Ricky. He goes, "Dude, Roger Stone's going to be on the show." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, yeah." That's the one I haven't got into yet. Yeah, they uh, frightening me. He always tells me like, "Dude, you got to check it out." Just like we get in the get in the chats. Or whatever it is, what, we what you... love. We love. Yeah, it, it's it's a fun show. It's we so uh, Union of the Unwanted is me, Sam Tripoli, um, Midnight Mike from OBDM, and Ricky Verandas from The Ripple Effect. And we, it's just the four of us. Plus, we invite all these other. I don't know. We pick a topic, and then we just invite people that we think will explain it. But either content creators or experts or lawyers or doctors. So, like, we do a show on vaccines, and we had like. 
Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Kerry Madej. And it, like Ricky knows all these people. I don't even know. I don't know how. So, so he's like, I got a pretty banging lineup for, for, for tonight's show. It's this is, I'm like, damn, Ricky, good job. So, <laughs> so we, we get good guests, you know, and we always have a fun time and it, and it, and it never stays on topic. And so it's like a two hour show uh, and it might be, there might be 12 people in it. Mm-hmm. First time we did it, there were like 40. It was like James Corbett, Whitney Webb, and like, me and oh nice uh, it was so many people it was like a li- it was a bit much ben swan came in for like 10 minutes <laughs> and then dropped out so so it's it's one of these things that's turned into like a party where people are encouraged to like show up halfway in and and people are encouraged to drop off you know halfway through if they need to and everyone just kind of uh, we just kind of pick a topic and work it out so yeah, I think so. So if you're interested, yeah, subscribe to the Union of the Unwanted. Yeah, I'm definitely subscribed to that. I got to get on on Rofkin. Like I, I like our, our all of our stuff is all I mean, we're on YouTube, but they keep pulling mm-hmm. our episodes down. We have two strikes, so I'm oh, just waiting yeah. for that third strike. Uh, we're on Rumble Odyssey. We're, we're trying to build those channels up where I mean, we're we do video. Most of our stuff's on audio. We get a we get a pretty good um, amount of downloads on on audio video is just like hit or miss right now yeah so, i'll put you in touch with the rock fan guys oh yeah for sure um because yeah. because it, it there's a, that you go over there and you go oh shit here that's where everybody is yeah i was i was wait, looking for all you guys you guys all got kicked off youtube i didn't know where you went it's like well everyone's over there yeah it's like, I, I love James corbett and whitney and and last american vagabond and Sam, all sam Tripoli stuff and eddie bravo and yeah uh, I, I've I've seen quite Tripoli. frankly and just yeah. all, all kinds of people re- left right center anarchists like all kinds of people are on there it's it's kind of a fun place yeah I've seen Tripoli a couple times in town like I mean Austin's a great comedy town you see yeah. fucking everybody here um but yeah um yeah and you guys can catch me uh, I mean on Instagram at con underscore men underscore podcast um Twitter uh it's at comment podcast one patreon.com forward slash comment podcast and i mean like i was saying uh we're at rumble odyssey youtube until we're kicked off permanently um and also you guys can pick up these new common merch we got the we got the bill clinton in the in the epstein mansion and then we have the um the george bush one where he has the paper airplane uh hit me up we're, we're working on on the store Right now, it's like a drug deal. You just just hit me up and send me your address, and I'm just sending you a I'm sending you a shirt. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's what we got today, guys. Man, what a fucking banger of an episode! Thank thanks for coming on the show, Charlie. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah, Talked about all kinds of crazy shit. Probably freaked people out too. Oh, it, it freaked me out. But yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>